0: Welcome to Do Tell, where we dwell on the everyday lovely. My name is Ryan, and it's my hope that this podcast encourages you in your relationship with God and helps you focus on the lovely life He has given you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week. For a Dwelling Moment today, I want you to think about a time in your life where you felt true peace, a time where it almost feels like the world stands still because everything is so calm and right. What was it about that moment or situation that made you feel at peace? What does peace mean to you? I know we live very busy lives, and peace doesn't usually correlate with the busy bee, so this may take a minute. Go ahead and pause this podcast to dwell on this, and when you are ready, press play again. Today, we are still in our series of the names of God. So far, we have discussed Abba, our Heavenly Father, El Roi, the God who sees us, and Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is our banner. Through learning these names of God, we have learned about ourselves, that we are children of God, welcomed in his family, adopted and heirs to all that God has. We are also fully known, seen, and cared about by God. Lastly, we are part of a team, not just any team, but a victorious team with God. Today we are going to talk about Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. We are going to start in Judges chapter 6. Before we do, I just thank you, Lord, for this time we have where we get to read your word. We know it's active and we want to see it come alive in our hearts and minds, giving us a new revelation today. Here we go. Judges 6, 1-24. through 24. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds, which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock in their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children, children of Israel cried out to the Lord. do not fear the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat underneath the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Absarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress, and in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him underneath the tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord, so Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you, do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah of the Abzerite. So let's do a little recap. In this story, we have the Israelites who are in the promised land, but who are not living the promised land life that God had in store for them. It says in the beginning that the children of Israel were sinning against God and worshiping other gods. By the way, there are no other gods, so they were worshiping false gods. They had put their faith in something other than God. They did not invite the real God to be a part of their lives. So they continued living in this land, and the Midianites who were stronger than them overtook them. It says that the Israelites are on the run, living in rocks and caves and mountains, and that whenever they plant something to grow, the Midianites show up and take it from them. They also take their animals, the sheep, ox, and donkeys. So the Israelites were poor in spirit, in materials, in sleep it would seem, and eventually they cried back out to God, the one true God. He sent a prophet to them, explaining the situation, that they chose another God over him, but he hears them. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to a man named Gideon. Gideon in that moment was hiding wheat and wine presses to hide it from the Midianites, because again, they were taking all of their food. And then I love how this conversation goes down. The first thing the angel of the Lord says to Gideon is, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Then Gideon goes straight in with what's on his mind. O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord goes straight forward again. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? This conversation is amazing. Both of them stating how they view each other, neither bending in their viewpoints. Let's remember Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner, which means that God has already overcome the world. And when you are with him, you live in that victory too. So when God is speaking to Gideon, God is speaking to the man that he knows him as. God knows exactly what Gideon is going to do and who he is going to be. And that is a mighty man of valor, even though Gideon hasn't done anything yet to prove that. However, God knows exactly who Gideon is. Gideon is saying, on the other hand, Lord, I have no idea who you are. I've heard about you, but I've never seen you show up in my life. So God continues and basically says, I know your problem. And it's not a problem because you are the solution. No brainstorming to be done here because I have sent you. Go and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Then Gideon says, "O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Does this sound familiar? My goodness, looks like we have another Moses on our hands. God has called this person to set people free to walk in God's victory, but they see themselves as weak and lacking. Gideon basically said, I am of the weakest clan, and I am the weakest of the weak. Explaining himself like that, if he were picking a dodgeball team, he would be your last pick for sure. However, let's see if Gideon's story turns out a little bit different from Moses's. God says, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. All right, every word that the angel of the Lord has spoken to Gideon has been encouraging, has been truthful, and has given Gideon a new light to view himself in. God said, as one man, you will defeat the Midianites because I will be with you. Here is Jehovah Nisi again. God and us together are a power team. So does Gideon ask God to use his father or brother instead? No, but he does ask the angel of the Lord to prove himself. So Gideon goes and makes an offering and brings it back. The angel of the Lord tells him to set it down and touches the end of his staff to the meat and bread, and they light into a fire just by being touched by the staff, and they are completely absorbed into nothingness, and the angel of the Lord disappears. Gideon knows that he was speaking to the Lord God. He knows that he was speaking to the God who saved the Israelites from the Egyptians, who parted the Red Sea, who gave them food and water in the wilderness, and victory in battle. He realizes the power and holiness that he had been speaking to And God reassures him not to be afraid. I didn't show up here to kill you. Peace be with you. Then Gideon called that place, the Lord is peace, Jehovah Shalom. So Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. What does Shalom actually mean? In the Hebrew, the word means whole or completeness. Peace is not just a hand signal. It's not the absence of war. It's not when everything is still and silent. Jehovah Shalom and the peace that God gives us is our completeness and wholeness. See, in order for Gideon to get to the place of seeing God as Jehovah Shalom, as seeing himself as complete or whole, he had to see God in a different way and he had to see himself as God sees him. See, God started off trying to tell Gideon who he was, that he was a mighty man of valor, that he was going to set the Israelites free that with God, he was going to, just as himself, have victory for his people. But at that time, Gideon didn't see himself that way. He didn't believe what the angel of the Lord was telling him. He saw himself in the lowest social class and the lowest weight class possible. He himself is helpless and hopeless, probably planning to continue to run, living in dens and caves, having his food stolen, and having to hide his food in order to keep it but he saw himself this way apart from God. See, even though the angel of the Lord had been talking to him the whole time, he didn't believe in the power, victory, or faithfulness of God until he stayed when Gideon asked him to, and then performed a miracle in front of his very eyes. Then Gideon knew this was the God that he had heard about from his ancestors. This was the God who really was for them and would stand by his word. Again, it's so amazing what having an encounter with God will do for you. Many people think that the Old Testament people had it so much better because God actually appeared to these people. Gideon had literally seen the angel of the Lord sitting underneath that tree and talked to him face to face. He had seen with his very eyes, the miracle of the food being burnt to nothing and the angel of the Lord disappearing before his eyes. But the people in the Old Testament only heard from God when God spoke to them. Now we are living in the New Testament And when we accept Jesus into our hearts and receive the Holy Spirit we have him living inside of us 24 7 which means that God speaks to us all day every day if we let him we have the entire Bible at our fingertips which is alive and active and speaks to us telling us who God is and who we are every time we read it we don't need to test God he doesn't need to perform a miracle before our eyes in order for us to believe him when he is telling us something John 20:29 20, says Jesus said unto him Thomas because thou hast seen me thou hast believed blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed God calls us blessed you might think it would be so much easier to trust God if you had seen a sea split in half food and water come from the wilderness a sacrifice be burnt to nothing but guess what the Israelites saw all of these things experienced all of these miracles and they still turned to worship other gods, and they were humans just like us. So don't envy these people who got to experience God this way, because the Bible says that our new covenant with God is better than the old covenant. We can have encounters and experiences with God daily. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, and we still see miracles as well. I can tell of countless healings that have taken place, provisions that have appeared just on time. We get the best of all of God. So what I am telling you is to trust that you know who God is because you read the Bible and you see what he says about himself and what others say about him in it. You read the verses that explain he is love. He is Jehovah Nissi, El-Roi, Abba, our creator. He is good and only he alone is good. Then when you know who God is and you know who he has created you to be, you trust that that is who you are. And when you believe what God has spoken to you, over you and about you that's when you have shalom that's when you experience the peace that only god can give where you are complete and whole see gideon's circumstances had not changed one bit from before he saw the angel until after the angel left he was still there with the wine press and wheat the midianites still at large still a member of the weakest clan of israel but what had changed was gideon's revelation of who God was and who God saw Gideon as. Gideon took on the identity that God gave him. And because of that alone, because he trusted God and knew that what he had said would come to pass, he was complete, whole, lacking nothing. Not in fear, no instead, he was in shalom. He knew that God was going to give him the victory, that his people would be set free That God had good plans for him, and that he wasn't going to be in the same spot he was in now, forever. Jehovah Shalom is the same God of peace to you that he was to Gideon. So when I asked earlier what peace was to you, hopefully you see how the God kind of peace isn't the peace that the world talks about. It isn't a place with no strife or issues. Actually, Gideon was about to head into war. Yet, Jehovah Shalom. It isn't quiet or calm. The sacrifice had just been set ablaze by a fire so intense it turned into nothingness. Yet he called them Jehovah Shalom. I know I'm being redundant, but I really want you to see that Shalom for you happens when you know who God is and you know who God has made you. This is how you are complete and whole. This is how you are able to live your life free, free from worry and anxiety, free from doubt and shame you are able to walk in a godly confidence in every situation because you know you serve a good father and you are his beloved child. And this godly confidence, coming from a loved, provided-for identity given by God, does not make you conceited because when you know all of this about God and yourself, you realize that this is what God has intended for everyone else and you want to show them how they can be set free in life as well and encounter Jehovah Shalom. There are so many instances where I can talk about experiencing Jehovah Shalom. One when a family member was going through a really rough patch and God gave me this vision where I saw them being celebrated in a parade, happy and completely free from everything that was holding them, where I was a part of the parade knowing that there was a victory coming in their life. And I was able to hold on to that during anything that came up surrounding that person and situation. I was able to bring that to prayer every time i thought of them saying thank you lord that their victory is coming and what you showed me will come to pass that i know that you see them and are in this journey with them and i don't have to carry the burden of it i can see them how you see them now complete and whole in their future for me personally though i know i said that peace is not quiet and stillness there are some times where i have to get myself out of my normal routine somewhere outside where I can just be alone by myself and appreciate God and all he has done for me and who he has made me. We do live in a busy world and many distractions or overstimulation can really cause us to not be able to hear the Lord when he speaks to us or not take the time aside to really draw our completeness and wholeness from him. I just went to visit my brother in another state and we went out one night to walk the dog in the snow. There was no one else around, it was completely quiet And we just walked. And during this, Jehovah Shalom hit me. I felt so complete at that moment. Just over and over again, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Look at this beautiful world I have created. You haven't even seen it all yet. All of this I created for you to enjoy. If you were the only person I had created on this earth, I still would have sent Jesus to die for you. I created you. I see you. I know you and I love you. You are in the palm of my hand and I am going to provide all of your needs for you. When you experience moments like that with God, Jehovah Shalom is so big. It's so loud. I felt so complete, so whole knowing how much God truly loves me. It's just so much louder in those moments because I really was the only one of two people for miles and miles and I felt the easy weight of God's love just for me. That doesn't mean these are the only places you experience Jehovah Shalom. No, you should live with Shalom. The more knowledge we gain of who God is and who we are, the easier it is for us to walk out our lives glorifying Jehovah Shalom and living in completeness and wholeness. Though it may seem louder some days than others, the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jehovah Shalom is alive and present in our lives every single day. And every single day, we can choose to live with Jehovah Shalom as our God and Heavenly Father. We have to choose to accept the identity that God has given us, not the one that the devil is trying to weasel into your head or the one that the world is trying to push on you. If we want to be whole and complete, we stand and believe that God has the first and final word on who he is and who we are. Anxiety and worry is really something that the world pushes on us. It's normal to say, I'm nervous or worried about this and that, to fixate on the things that might go wrong, instead of being thankful for direction and wisdom that God has given us to handle anything in any situation. Don't be stuck in verse 13 of what we read today, where Gideon is focused on the past or other people's experiences and says, "'Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, "'Did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt?' But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Being stuck in the past does us no good. Also, we tend to exaggerate things the longer we fixate on them. I think we have seen recently in the world what a huge motivator fear can be. Gideon could have let the fear that he had been living in overtake him and keep him from experiencing the victory that God had for him. He could have been stuck in the mindset of God not showing up and leaving the people defend on their own. Even though the people had chosen to kick God out of the equation and instead worship other gods and wait for them to show up, which of course they never did, Gideon could have chose to repeat verse 13 to himself over and over again, living in fear and worry, thinking about his situation being bigger than God, and not hearing the two things that God said to him. You mighty man of valor, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? God had victory for Gideon, and Gideon chose to dwell on that, which allowed him to experience Jehovah Shalom. I love in the New Testament where Paul says in Philippians 4, the same passage that we get our dwelling verse from, verses 10 through 13 I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Now, if we look at this again, it's not saying Paul was happy or sad, it's saying Paul was content or complete. Whatever the situation that is going on around him, he remains the same because he knows that he can do all things through Christ that strengthens him. He knows he has a victory. He knows that God is going to see him through in every situation. So there is no worry there. There is no anxiousness. Instead, there is contentment. There is completeness. There is shalom. I will leave you with one last verse still in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. It doesn't make sense to the world that we are at peace when things around us aren't exactly what we want a situation where maybe we have no way out but god's peace surpasses it's above all understanding and it guards our hearts and minds in christ jesus we are not moved from our peace when we rejoice in the lord are not anxious but pray and let god know our requests with thanksgiving knowing the character of our god knowing that he is a good god he is our father he is our provider He sees us. He never leaves us. We keep our peace when we praise, worship, and our thanks surpasses our understanding. That's when we have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And we choose to allow God to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and not give in to doubt, worry, or complaining. We choose to know the God we serve, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord on our team, like Gideon, who knew that a battle still awaited him, but that God was going to provide the victory. Oh, and just to further confirm God's faithful character, he did provide Gideon a victory with just 300 men against 135,000-ish men. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you gained a deeper revelation of who God is and who that makes you. I hope you go out this week dwelling on Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace, that you praise him through prayers Let your requests be made known to him, Thank Him for the victory and confidence, and let His peace surpass all your understanding and protect your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.